0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: By the Book on BFM 89.9.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to Buy the Book. I'm Lee Chui Lin with me as always, my fellow person, reader, always looking towards the future, Shyamala Ganesan. Hello. Um, that is a very specific introduction because today uh we have with us two guests representing Project Future Malaysia, which is an online project where ten Malaysian creatives reimagine an equitable, fair, and sustainable Malaysia through fiction and art. So I'll introduce our guests first and then I have a bit of a, a disclaimer to say. So um with us we have founder of the project, Kevin Bathman, as well as writer Jamie Goh. Uh Kevin, Jamie, thank you both so much for joining us. Thank, thank you very for much. having us. Um, So just to say that I'm actually the odd duck today um, because (laughs) our very own Shyamala Ganesan is also part of this project. We're just saying that up front, um, just so so everybody knows. All right. So to start us off, uh, I think, Kevin, let's start with you. Um, How did the idea for this come about? How did you get things off the ground?
0: So last Saturday, uh, we had the launch uh, of this event and it was just really amazing because, you know, we've had two challenging years for the lockdown. Um, and really, this, this project was actually meant to be a, a digital project, but, you know, upon the lifting of the restrictions, you know, there's just this amazing uh, opportunity to meet all the other creatives in person. Um, so, yeah, so just a bit of context about this project. So I had actually returned to Malaysia in 2020, um, and just in time when COVID hit Malaysia and around the world. And prior to that, I was actually fortunate to be awarded um, a Shabing scholarship scholarship to, to study a master's in cultural studies. And... For those who actually don't know Shoveling, um, it's, uh, it's actually funded by the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, um, and it offers Malaysians uh, you know, a master's degree in the UK. The reason why I also mentioned this was also because this project is actually funded by the Shoveling Alumni Fund. Uh, where the Foreign and Commonwealth Office in the UK and the British High Com, uh KL, uh, basically support the growth of traveling alumni uh, communities to basically pitch impactful project ideas for the local community in Malaysia. So this project basically came about because it was during my my course in, in the UK with, that I sort of came across, you know, a speculative fiction uh, genre uh, in the literary world and also uh, coming across the term Afrofuturism, you know, so that was very new to me. And, um, and it was... Throughout that, that, that whole year that I started reading a bit more about uh, future studies and thinking, you know, um, and in this basically what, what, what Afrofuturism basically means is that it's really a re-envisioning of the past, you know, using a combination of science fiction, history, fantasy and uh, basically non-Western beliefs, you know, to speculate about the future and explore elements of Black history and culture. And really one example of this really uh, of Afrofuturism really is uh, like the pop culture film, Black Panther, you know. Um, and then like, you know, speculative fiction um, by uh, this renowned writer called Octavia Butler. And even in music, you know, you look at the visual and musical aspects of uh, Beyonce's work, you know, um, like Formation and things like that. So, so it was really through, through that that I, I became quite interested in this idea around um, uh, future thinking, basically. Um, And I thought, well, how can we connect this concept to Malaysia and, you know, Malaysian issues, basically? And I wanted this project to really bring creatives and artists to really create speculative works uh, and really to imagine and uh, to explore, you know, what are some better alternatives for Malaysia's future, you know? And hopefully, you know, if we can start looking at better alternatives, you know, we are then freed from this, you know, assumptions of what is not possible.
1: Jamie, how did you hear about Project Future Malaysia and at what point did you get involved?
3: I'm part of the Malaysian Writers Society and I am the current moderator and um, runner of the Malaysian Writers Community Facebook group. And Kevin had posted a call for submissions to this project in the group I'm also a science fiction writer. I'm also a science fiction editor and critic. I have a PhD in science fiction studies. Um, and so I thought, oh, cool, a, a futurism project that's like specific to Malaysia. I, and I like writing science fiction that is set in Malaysia or at least Southeast Asia. Um, and I was like, well, I should just throw in the thing because it's there and I can, which is how many of my projects start. And then, boom, Kevin gets back to me. It's like, oh, yeah, we like your project proposal. Can you please send send it to us by X date? And I'm like, oh, no, I have to write this thing. And I had a deadline. And that is how I got involved.
2: So um, as you mentioned, you you work very much, you study very much, read very much within this genre. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk to us about the optimistic appro- approach that this particular project brings to the, the themes, right? To the ideas that kind of generally power speculative or science fiction. Uh, what interests you about that as a writer?
3: So what interested me about this project specifically is that it is what I would say is connected to a a growing though very small subgenre of speculative fiction called solar punk. Now I know Kevin mentioned um, the the origins of this project from his research in Afrofuturism uh, which is also a thing I had studied and Afrofuturism has been around since like the 90, it was, The term was coined in 1993, and it specifically is about um, the African diaspora and how, because so much discourse around the African diaspora is so history oriented, and how we how to bring that into the future. Whereas solar punk is was more of an aesthetic, very um, very technologically based or in some cases, a rejection of certain kinds of technologies. So I was very interested in thinking about this question of Malaysia's future. What does development mean? What does technology mean in in development? And these are, of course, questions that occupy science fiction generally. How does technology improve the lives of human beings? But also, how does technology... And concepts, human concepts of technology, ruin people's lives, um, which I think get addressed, you know, in all sorts of ways in this project. So that's kind of like my angle when I was approaching this project. was like, what if we had a Malaysia in which technologies are not used to oppress us? If, if we actually had a functional government that meaningfully deployed technology Not as an afterthought, but really thinking about the infrastructure of how technology could contribute to the lives of its citizens and what that could look like.
1: Kevin, so we heard a little bit from Jamie about her inspirations. Um, Who are the other creatives involved? And could you talk to us about the kinds of works that are being featured and the themes and the ideas that they explore?
0: Sure. Sure. Um, So basically, this project uh, looks and addresses, I guess, some of the themes and concerns of Malaysians uh, by sort of reimagining possible futures. Um, And so last year when I I did the call-out, I was basically looking out for creatives, writers, content creators, uh, you know, uh, Malaysians, uh, anywhere in the world, to really uh, submit the ideas related to these themes. And these themes were actually also identified by by the Shafting Secretariat, and they were um, Human Rights and Democracy Climate change, environment, and also uh, international relations and politics. So, basically, based, based on that, uh, we had, you know, um, submissions coming in. And from that, we had 10 submissions uh, uh, who were, you know, part of this, this uh, pilot project. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, Shang you were one of them. And, and your piece speaks about, you know, uh, AI and equitable income. And, and Jamie's uh, was basically looking at um, accessibility for uh, people with disabilities. Uh, Gemma and David, uh, they both uh, looked at themes around migrant workers, migrant uh, food identity and culture. Uh, Akash Kumar, uh, he did a piece called Banjee, and it was basically the effects of climate change and the flooding that we encountered. Uh, Max Lowe and Shamrizan are both uh, visual artists, and they did uh, a comic series uh, on food security. Uh, And Shamrizan also did one uh, based on food security, but also in Kundasan in Sabah. Uh, Kumaran, uh, he did uh, a piece on, uh, a, a Tamil written piece on transgender rights. And finally, uh, Yang jin and Wong Ziwei uh they did a piece called, uh, it's a digital piece called Uncomfortable Malaysian Quiz. And I was basically looking at really uh, notions on uh, national identity and uh, belonging.
2: We're speaking today um with two people about Project Future Malaysia. I say people because uh, they're variously involved in the project. We've got uh, founder Kevin Bathman as well as writer Jamie Goh. Uh, we are going to continue our conversation after this. But tell us, um, you know, do you like... Fiction that explores futuristic ideas. Um, what are some ways you'd like to see Malaysia kind of explored within that space? You can WhatsApp us 018 789 8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, and write to us at buythebook at bfm.my.
0: Brainy fancy material. BFM 89.9.
2: Hello, everybody. You are listening to Buy the Book with Lynn and Shyamala. And today we are talking about Project Future Malaysia, which is an online project in which 10 Malaysian creatives reimagine an equitable, fair and sustainable Malaysia through fiction as well as art. Uh, we've got founder Kevin Bathman as well as writer Jamie Goh. Um, you know, just before the break, Kevin you were talking about the the kinds of works and creatives who are involved in this Jamie I was wondering if you could start us off on this side of things by telling us what your piece was about and what specifically you wanted to explore with it
3: my piece is about a man who is newly disabled um, he's now a wheelchair user and he's very resentful about it um, he's gonna like your very typical middle grew up middle class able-bodied, um, the kind of guy I would swipe left on on the various apps, um, because there's just something about the way he carries himself that he's so he was once so confident in his place in life, and now he's a little lost because he's now in a wheelchair, and he finds that very limiting. And his sibling invites him to this city called Marina Jaya, which is a research center, as this floating city off the coast of I think that's it, Tranganu but it kind of like floats across the, um, along the east coast of the peninsula. And while he's there, he experiences the city and he experiences a crisis of his own, which leads him to rethink what he's been thinking about in terms of what accessibility means and why that's important. And I wrote it because I was, I live in Kuala Lumpur um, and I'm able-bodied like, like I can use, I I like walking everywhere. Um, I would use a scooter if I could, but there are just so many things, so so many little design features of how roads and buildings are designed in Lumpur, which I find to be so inaccessible that you can't even just call them like, you know, inaccessible inconveniences anymore. At some point, they feel actively hostile, especially given the climate that we live in. Um, the fact that the roads are designed, so it takes a really long time to walk from one place to another. And it's under the hot sun, under like 33 degrees Celsius weather, feels like 43, um, according to the weather app. And I agree with the weather app. And so, so that my, my story is a reaction to that. Um, And my story is also kind of like a very utopic imagining of what that future could look like where we do address these issues of accessibility. Um, What does living in such a world feel like? Um, Because I think, and I, I write a lot of utopias, and partly because I'm just like angry all the time. And anger is a great feeling for utopias because to to write utopias in, because you're you're, you're in the process of writing, you want to you want to get a sense of what would make me less angry about this world. What solutions do I want to see happening in order to assuage this anger? Um, And so I ended up with this very utopic space, which I feel, you know, pretty good about. But I think could stand to have some more improvements, um, and, but that's, that's the nature of progress. Right? You are always informed by the vision of something better and you don't sit and rest on your morals. You always try to like, we could be doing something better than this. Um, but that was my starting point was, what makes a city accessible, particularly for people with disabilities?
1: Kevin, I'm curious, um, in terms of the stories that the creatives chose to tell, uh, what stood out to you? Was there anything that caught you by surprise?
0: Um, <laughs> without, you know, trying to sort of like uh, pinpoint one story over the other, but uh, I guess one story that did stand out for me was uh, the story by Kumarin, you know, um, partly mainly because I think um, uh, I was really open to uh, you know, expressions in, in different languages and in different forms. And Kumaran really wanted to write and record the story in Tamil, you know. So the story actually exists on a website in in, in Tamil script and in in Tamil uh, recording as well. So um, and he was very deliberate about that, uh, about that aspect. Right. You know, um, and and his reasoning was that, you know, there's hardly anything or nothing at all, really uh, uh, content on uh, looking around uh, transgender rights, uh, for instance, you know, um, uh, in that capacity, so I, I to me that really kind of like stood out in that sense because it sort of really broke the the mold, you know. Uh, and it's not works just in English or or BM, for instance. Yeah,
3: it's also not translated, which is the other striking thing about it. This just the resistance to like the supremacy of English language and refusal to translate into English in its first draft. Because usually, in in science fiction, you try to like you write if you write it in a second language, you you you. Translate from English into the the other language for like a wider audience.
2: So, uh, considering the the scope of works that we're talking about and the the clear variety, right, that's emerging in what everybody chose to do, I, I thought it would. Um, be helpful, I suppose, Jamie, to ask you, I mean, if we take a wider lens, right, what are some of the characteristics of Malaysian speculative fiction that you have noticed, both from this project, as well as your wider work as a writer and editor?
3: Hmm, that is a very interesting and a little uh, difficult question. Um, I actually own a an open source Google Sheet Um in which, which serves as a bibliography of Malaysian speculative fiction in English. And I haven't read through all the works yet. But one thing I have, one thing that does strike me, um, and this is also the thing that I've noticed because right now I am editing um, the fiction site of the Strange Horizons Southeast Asian special issue. Um, so I'm currently reading through submissions. and I am getting um, Malaysian submissions. I have also edited another Southeast Asian anthology before. And again, the Malaysian um, submissions tend to be either of a very either a very personal domestic nature where it's about a family, it's, it's, it's very narrowed in on um, a specific uh, individual. Um, And the it's a kind of theme that could be quite universalized. Um, Or it tends towards political satire, either the use of a comedic voice, often the use of like a very Sarcastic voice, um, to kind of like make commentary on something that um, that the author is—I don't want to say having beef with, but well, at least like is trying to point out, like you know, there is something wrong with the political climate at large, and I'm going to use the story um, to talk about that to deliver my critique. I also noticed that a lot of Malaysian speculative fiction tends Towards the fantastical, as opposed to the more steel and iron type of um, notions of technology, and in the more steel and iron types of technology, um, they tend to be quite far future in their thinking. But they also still have this kind of like either yeah, like memes, just like very utopic, we are beyond race type sorts, or They're like, we don't see a way out of our current situation and we see the problems of today still being an issue in the future, Uh, which I think are pretty normal modes for for science fiction at large I don't know that it's I don't want to say that it's like specific to Malaysia because I've seen it in other countries as well Um, but the way that it shows up the way it's written that has a particular kind of voice um, of critique is very heavy in Malaysian speculative fiction
1: Kevin, part of the intention with this project was to reframe the way we view Malaysia and her possibilities. Um, has it achieved this for you personally?
0: I guess the way I see it is that, you know, this project really is, is uh, it's a pilot project, you know, to sort of really kind of like introduce um, the themes and the topic and also the concept of it, you know. Uh, to a wider audience, you know, and and a, a more uh, in a more accessible way, you know, uh, beyond you know academic papers and, and 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 written articles and things like that, it allows people to really start to take a step back from their everyday lives, you know, and start to imagine things and start to transport their minds uh, to different places, different times, you know, uh, and I think that's that's really helpful because I think it breaks away, breaks. From our familiar thinking, right? Familiar patterns that we, we, we experience in our daily lives. So, um, so in that sense, I think um, I feel like you know, uh, you know, there has obviously been you know, uh, speculative fiction and uh, futurism topics uh, done by artists and creatives in Malaysia, obviously before this, you know. Uh, I suppose now we just have a, a maybe a more specific term, you know, uh, to, to call it that. And I think uh, it, it's something to sort of build on. And I see this really as, as something that we can really uh, start to, to, dis- to discuss and to also build on, you know. So that's sort of more sort of something in the future. But, you know, I think um, uh, this re- was really meant to be an, an exercise in, in uh, introducing the, the topic to, to Malaysians.
1: So on that note, then, how do you see Project Future Malaysia evolving as you move forward? Do you have any specific plans?
0: um yes <laughs> i think it really kind of depends on funding to be honest as well uh you know the age-old question um but really i mean if i you know if i do have the opportunities you know, to talk to organizations to uh you know to other collectives you know to uh to uh, to sort of really use this uh, this template or this concept uh on other communities and on on you know other issues even you know uh that would be really really helpful i think and i think you know i mean you know, you, you look at sort of uh, corporates, you know, corporate coaches have already started using this, you know, uh, they have started doing a sort of thinking, you know, uh, for the companies and, and for employees. So, you know, I think it's really helpful for us in the, particularly in the arts and culture sector to start looking into this uh, sort of this genre or this, this concept uh, and start sort of incorporating that into our work as well, you know.
2: We've been talking today about Project Future Malaysia, which is a project which sees 10 Malaysian creatives reimagine Malaysia, really, through fiction and art and with a particular view towards equitability, fairness, sustainability. If you want to look at the works and find out more, uh, you can do so on projectfuturemalaysia.com. Very straightforward URL. Um, Kevin and Jamie are going to stick around for footnotes. But in the meantime, let us know, um, you know, what are your thoughts on futuristic writings, particularly, or, or art for that matter, that imagine Malaysia? Um, have you seen anything that you find interesting? WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at Book at BFM.my. Thank <laughs> you. that brings us to footnotes. Uh, and because we have, of course, been talking about Malaysia and the future and uh, the possibility of looking at that or imagining it through art and writing, we thought that uh, we would have both Kevin and Jamie essentially give us recommendations of stuff we can read, stuff we can look at in this vein. Uh, Jamie, maybe you can start us off.
3: Two books, two solar punk anthologies come up to the top of my brain right now for you. And that one of them is Sun Vault, um, Stories on Solar Punk and Eco Speculation. Um, it, it was edited by Phoebe Wagner and Bronte Whalen and published by Upper Rubber Boot Press, which is a very small um, Canadian science fiction press. The other one is Glass and Gardens: Solar Punk Summers, um, by uh, edited by Serena Olibari um, of World Weaver Press. And both these anthologies have a range of like short stories. Sunball also has poetry and um, and art, uh, visual art. Thinking about the future, thinking about climate change and what social justice looks like in the far future, um, and also thinking what does what could a day-to-day life in a in a future look like when climate change has been addressed? I would also suggest the works of Anneli Nevitz and Charlie Jane Anders, Lucy Shaw, um, and um, no, those three. I'm gonna stop at just three. I'll go on forever,
1: <laughs> not. Well, we don't. we never complain about recommendations here. Um, I love that you recommended anthologies because it's less pressure to, you know, commit to an entire book. But those are great titles. Thanks, Jamie. Uh Kevin, what do you have for us?
0: Well, I guess the this uh, first book was really quite cute. I, I don't know if it sort of falls within the sort of the futurist type of uh genre, but I, I really enjoyed the retelling of uh creative and imaginative stories. And the book is called um, the Orang Asli Animal Tales. Uh, and that's by the late uh, Lin Bu Liat. And basically there it's uh, 26 animal folklore stories uh, that was told to the author over the years, right, by his Orang Asli friends that he met. Uh, and I just I just really thought it was really cute and really accessible, you know, uh, for for all ages really. Um, and I think it's a sort of a a sort of a good start to sort of thinking about you know how to uh, retell a story basically. Um, and the other piece I was going to mention as well was uh, not so much a book, but it was really. Uh, I, th- I think this kind of really fits into this genre, um, and it's really by uh, it's by renowned Malaysian artist uh, Wong Hoi Cheung uh, in two thousand and four. His work was called uh, Re-Looking, and it's actually a video installation work. And basically, what he did was uh, he it was it, he staged this fictional history of Malaysia's two hundred year long colonial reign in Austria. Which I thought was just brilliant. Uh, so I really like that. Um, I mean, you can, uh, there's a, the link is actually on the Project uh, Future Malaysia uh, website on the reading list. And I think, I guess, finally, uh, I guess for people who are kind of wanting to, to try out this, this genre, you know, for inspiration, there's this really simple website that uh, invites users to write uh, email-based letters to themselves, right, and delivered in a future date, basically. So I think it, it's, it's, uh, it's a good way to sort of jot down some ideas and then send it to yourself in, in the future, you know, and it's called futureme.org. So I think that's, that's a, it's a good piece to just uh, to, to kickstart something.
2: Nice. Um, Kevin, Jamie, thank you both so much for taking the time to speak with us today and also for coming up with those recommendations. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Thank you for having us. We've been speaking with Kevin Bathman, founder and Jamie Go, writer, um, both earlier talking about Project Future Malaysia, uh, which again you can find on projectfuturemalaysia.com. And on this side of things, uh, talking about recommendations and giving us uh, a wealth of suggestions actually of varying lengths and styles. So um let us know, what do you think? Are you interested in future-looking writing, particularly with a Malaysian lens? You can WhatsApp us 18 789 tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us by the book at bfm.com.